0: So what's going on?
1: Uh, Comcast, Xfinity, whatever they want to call themselves. Hey, in your neck of the woods.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their main offices are 25 minutes away or
1: so. struggling, man. So for the past nine days, um, the service has been up and down about, I don't know, between eight and 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not long. Um, I think the longest window has been about 10 minutes. Uh, it's usually about five minutes, 10 minutes, and then it will come back online. Um, which if you're just home hanging out, you know, watching TV, streaming some content, it's annoying, but if you're trying to work, it is absolutely devastating. Um, that five minutes probably cost me almost an hour every time. Um, to, to like in the middle of flow doing stuff, it goes down I have to stop what I'm doing, maybe do something else, then try to come back to what I was doing. It It is incredibly difficult, that five-minute outage. Um, so anyway, I've been I've been talking back and forth with, with Comcast. I'm like, at a minimum, you're giving me a month of free service. I'm like, well, our contract states that we have a set dollar amount that we can pay you based on the amount of time that the outage occurred. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is way more valuable than just the five minutes it was out. So either you're going to comp me or I'm going to find another damn company that is is going to give better service. The problem is, is you can upgrade to a Comcast business line that has SLAs attached to it. Um, so the upside is, is they have some kind of contractual value of keeping the, the lineup. But mm-hmm. you're basically paying 3x. So I would be paying, no, it's 4x what I'm paying now for less speed for a business but, line.
0: So you're well, trading has an speed SLA.
1: SLA. That's not right. At, at yeah. more cost. Mm-hmm. At more cost. So,
0: Do you have Verizon Fios in your region? We don't. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really the only option here. Um, so other cities have um, city internet, which is awesome. So com- so cities that have run their own fiber lines. Um, Google is in quite a few neighborhoods, but in this neighborhood, my only option is Starlink, um, or, um, some sort of like dial up maybe, I don't know, or Comcast and, and Starlink's incredibly slow. I mean, it's not slow, but it's slow in comparison to what I'm getting now.
0: So, mm-hmm. you yeah, we, we have Verizon files and I mean, the speeds are pretty good. So since we've started doing, like, the live streams at times and, like, the, the full HD video, I'll hardwire into the router mm-hmm. to, to make sure I've got a solid connection. But overall, like, we're able to use, um, like, our Apple TV to stream 4K movies through, through iTunes or, you know, any of the other streaming services. It it, it it works really, really well. So when I first moved into this house... You know, I got it set up with Verizon. And then after a couple of years, we got lured away with like the new Xfinity X1 platform, the voice Mm -hmm. remote and all of that. And I mean, after about six months, we switched back because kind of where we're at in their setup, like we would would lose signal strength Mm -hmm. um, at peak times. So like TV in the morning, main channels would go out because there was so much you know, such a drain on the bandwidth in the local area. And then I even noticed at times like the internet signal would go, go up and down, maybe not completely out, but would definitely slow down. So we, we made the move back to, to Fios and it's been solid, you know, solid enough.
1: Yeah. What kind of speeds are you getting? I haven't checked lately. I'd have to go look. Okay. I mean, my speeds, when it works, I'm happy with, I'm getting about
0: 700,
1: even though I'm paying for 1200,
0: Um, But think about um, what you just said when it works, when it works.
1: Yeah. So when it works, it's awesome. We can stream and have everyone connected all we want, but when it's down and the, the, the most frustrating thing is, um, while the work is frustrating, like my, these, these kids that don't know anything about what, you know, us old folks had to go through with the TV and standing Mm -hmm. like this with the antenna to get a signal, You know, they're, they are always on demand when, when it goes out and my six year old is streaming YouTube literal, like crocodile tears, just streaming. I'm like, dude, (laughs) it's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I guess that goes to show that we've got it pretty good, even though it's frustrating, you know, that like these kids have been, uh, have been given the experience that everything is always on, on demand and works perfectly. So.
0: Yeah. I remember back to the days of dial up like in, in oh, okay. our area, the the main we, you know, we our our first internet provider was AOL dial up, just like so many other people. And the main number in this area, it like between six and eight thirty PM, it took you know, you could not get on. It was just busy signal after busy signal. It was you were lucky if you were able to sign in. Yeah.
1: That's true. I think, I think AOL was my first real internet experience. There was another one. Um, what, there was another kind of dial up that was popular at the same time that we may have had before. Um, Um,
0: I'll have to kind of blanking on it, but
1: otherwise I'm not going to stop thinking about it. But before that, and this will date me, um, me and my friends got on to dial up BBS, you know, bulletin boards, and mm-hmm. had like chat and played some text based games together. <laughs> like that was my first kind of dialogue oh, experience. It was, it was net something, something, by the way. I'm gonna have to Google because uh, when I see it, when I see it, it will it will click. Anyway, keep going.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was oh, net something. CompuServ, like it.
1: CompuServe, CompuServe, That's it. CompuServe is the one I'm thinking of. I think. Yeah, we yeah had, I remember uh, that. Never had it, way. but I remember it yeah yeah ah the good old days the 80s man which reminds me uh do we, we've talked about this we've talked about this guy uh what's his name dr mix on youtube
0: yes mm-hmm.
1: last night i was watching a bunch of his videos and he's he was uh playing with some 1980s synthesizers and he was remaking like vintage sounds from movies and uh, popular songs from the eighties on these old synthesizers. And just those sounds took me right back to the eighties, man. I'm like, Oh, this was
0: awesome. <laughs> this that's was awesome. awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's good that. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I think you've given me a good topic um, for today. Oh, um, the, the, the cost of context here. switching. Yeah. Yeah, you know we, we've talked about it before we, we've talked about the cost of, of interruptions in, in different things um, but like you know in, in the context of, of what we do within analytics you know people don't think about it they don't realize it just how costly context switching is mm-hmm. and and the, the the constant interruptions and moving from one thing to another because I think most people in our space whether they're on the technical implementation instrumentation side, were on the analysis side, get these like panicked emails, or, or you know, with people going back into the office, you know, these, these people coming over to their desk all panic, like I need you to do this right now, and it's you know, whatever is in the moment takes precedent and takes over, and. You know, you have to quickly move from one thing to another. And I've always said, like, if you know, people come over like, oh, just a quick question. Just five minutes of your time. Well, that five minutes cost you yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. Because it's never just five minutes. And then until you get focused on it again and get back to where you were, it e- easily that much time goes by.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not only that it's draining, um, to be in that constant, it, it, it almost not almost, it does. I don't, I don't know about you, but it puts my body in fight or flight. Like you get all these chemicals dumped into your body and your heart start racing and you're ready to like, you know, attack a problem. And, um, after a day of being in fight or flight all day, you're just drained mentally and physically. It's, it's, it's draining. Um, I can't imagine what it's like for, well, I can, um, but for like an ER room physician, how incredibly challenging that would be. Um, my, my, my dad um, early in his career was a, a paramedic um, through the the local fire department in our town. And um, I think it lasted three years. He's, he's, he was, um, he's like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like all day, just, from emergency to emergency, it just was incredibly draining again, mentally and physically. It's like, could not keep that up. And I'm sure there are people that are maybe wired differently to do it, but being in that constant state of fight or flight is just incredibly challenging.
0: Yeah. If you listen to evolutionary biologists Mm -hmm. and they talk about how our bodies are not meant to be in that constant no. state because, you know, you right. took the words right out of my mouth. I you know the the, the the constant state of a flight or flight or that's constant state of stress, you know, fight or flight, you know, it, I having listened to them in, in various contexts, you know, from what I've been able to glean is fight or flight was meant, you know, was something that we developed over, over, you know, millions of years uh, through evolution that it's our body's instinct that there's a a present danger that we yeah. need to focus on react to and get away from or deal with. And then that was it. It was supposed to stop. Yeah. But, you know, with the with, with the way things have evolved in in civilization, you have people that are living in that constant state which you're not supposed to be.
1: Yeah. And I think the the one visual that I've read a lot is that we were, we were born to be able to outrun or outwit a a lion on the Serengeti. Um, And that it was important to be in that fight or flight to, you know, basically shift blood from certain areas into our large muscles so that we could get away or prepare us to kind of fight. Um, And uh, so it was, it was two things. One, those, those chemicals excuse me and that reaction was 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 physically and mentally necessary. But two, we actually did. We actually ran away or we fought and it burned off those chemicals. In our fight or flight, we're not burning it off. So we're constantly getting the chemicals dumped into our body and we're having the reaction to it, but we're not running away from a lion. We're not fighting a tiger. We're, we're, you know, fighting a, a a mental fire that doesn't burn off those chemicals in, in the same way or at all. And, and I, mean, I absolutely... Go ahead.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say, and to that point, not only are we not burning it off, it's not going away because as soon as yeah. we solve that problem that came up, there's one to take its place. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, so a couple of things, one, it's, it, it's not getting burned off. And anecdotally, I have found that if I do... So I've been trying to ride a 10K once a day on the bike. I find that days where I do at least 10K on the bike, my I feel amazing. Like so much mental clarity, calm, relaxed, like everything just feels good. If I go two or three days without riding that distance, like I feel like crap. Like I feel like amped up and ready to go and but tired and worn out at the same time and sluggish and kind of mental f- fog and fatigue. And I think a large part of it is this buildup of stress chemicals in the body that never get burned off. And to your, to your second point, it's not just one instance. It's not just, Oh, this one thing popped up. We need to figure it out. It's all day long, every day, especially in consulting. And I don't want to do it. woe is me because everyone deals with this to different degrees, but for us, where we're working with multiple companies, you know, there are multiple people in those companies. So it's almost exponential that we're getting hit up all day, every day, that there's always an emergency, there's always a fire, and we're just panicking. And so it's not just one instance, it could be four or five fires that we have to put out a day. And we're just not mentally or physically built for that. And I, and I, and we're getting a bit off topic from the context switching, but I think it is such a critical piece that goes untalked about. We talk about the cost of context switching from a perspective of um, getting back into flow and breaking that. And it's not just five minutes, you know, Comcast goes down, I don't just lose five minutes, it takes me 30 minutes to get back oriented where I was before. Yeah, that gets a lot of attention. And we're trying to figure out how to solve that. What gets much less attention is the fact that it's also putting us in this consistent fight or flight mode and that's having compounding effects as well. So it's, it's just toxic all around, but we're just so addicted to it. (laughs) We're addicted to being in this mode and I don't like it. We don't do our best work for sure in this moment. And
0: it's funny, you know, people, people are gonna be like, what, you know, I'm, I'm addicted to stress. And I I would agree with you and say, yes, we're addicted to stress. Just like people are addicted to outrage. Mm
1: -hmm. People
0: don't want to admit it, but they're addicted to being angry at stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. It's, it's true. And I think it's important um, to, to address that. So I was talking with a friend of mine on, Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other night, uh, and she was asking me a bunch of questions around how I think about things. And she said something like, it's important for me to ask what value I'm getting out of this. And it reminded me that, um, it reminded me of a conversation that I had many, many times and it upset me many, many times. Um, tea leaf in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, with, with my therapist dealing with anxiety issues is he would often ask me, he said, Jason, what, what value are you getting out of your anxiety? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You idiot. I hate this thing. I don't want it. You're like, no, no, no. Come on. You're, you're getting something out of it. And it really forced me to stop and think. I'm like, yeah, maybe I am. I mean, maybe I am clinging onto this for a reason. Maybe I am getting some value out of that. I need to be, to be honest with myself. So to that point, we, we really need to be, if we're finding that we're in these situations, if we're finding that our days are constantly filled um, in an emergency room, you know, doing triage, running from fire to fire, I believe it's it's critical for us to ask ourselves that that question, as difficult as it may be, what value am I getting out of being in this constant context switching, fighting fires mode? And if we're being honest with our, ourselves, there is some value. We either, either perceived or real that we're getting out of it. Oh, I can think um, of a couple things. Yeah, I can too. I mean, we've, we've talked about this before. Um, my first job out of college where the firefighters in the company were getting all the raises and promotions. Look how hard they're working. They really care. Look at Jason. He's lazy. He's just going with the flow. He's so zen. He's not committed you know, so for sure, like it, it has an impact on our, our career paths, um, where lots of companies, that mentality is, is absolutely rewarded. Um, and also I see it, you know, maybe more in a middle management capacity that, you know, sometimes we have to justify why we even have a job or a title. It's like, well, someone gave me this and I don't know what the hell is going on. So I, I gotta fight fires because that's going to justify why I'm here.
0: Um, so yeah another good one is procrastination yeah. and everybody is guilty of of this i bet you you can talk to anybody right now and there's one to two items on their to-do list which they know they have to do mm-hmm. but they know it requires a lot of thought a lot of focus yeah. they don't necessarily want to do it so the emergency the fire that comes up it's, hey, I'm doing something. I'm being productive. I am not procrastinating on that item over there. This thing got in the way. I need to deal with this before I can go to that item that I've put off for two other days prior to this.
1: <sighs> it's funny you bring it up um, because I'm I was... guilty of it, by the way. Oh, like, we I'm, all I'm are. totally guilty. Of it. Dude, We we all are. And I was thinking so deeply of this last night because I got a new thing here
0: yes nice. uh because
1: i don't have a laptop i have i'm you know i'm running on a desktop but now as you know it's apparent that we're gonna maybe start being a little bit more mobile and traveling around a bit i'm, I'm like well wait a minute what am i gonna do i was even thinking just kind of going hanging out for a couple of days i'm like wait a minute i don't even have a laptop i can stay connected if i have <laughs> to do some work so i picked up a i picked up a new uh, macbook um but i was thinking about this last night and i'm not a I'm not a MacBook expert, but I was one I was thinking, is it possible for me to set up like two completely different user profiles on there, one with like a very limited set of connectivity and software and one that I really need to be fully in the office mode where like if I wanted to go and maybe write or create content or work on a very difficult problem that I wouldn't even get alerts from email or Slack or anything. Cause I don't even have those on that profile. Like that's the depth I was thinking. I'm like, I need to go to this step just to keep from being
0: interrupted. Mm-hmm. That's so. Short answer. Yes. Um, Long answer. You, it's
1: probably complicated.
0: No, 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 no. It, it, it's possible. You just, you know, you're managing two different profiles, but yeah, yeah it's going to take some time to set up. But the short answer is yes. Yes, you absolutely yeah. could. Yeah. Um, because like one of the things, and I've talked about it numerous times, is I keep my email closed throughout the day. I go through cycles where I open and you know, I get back into the habit of opening it up and you know, allowing email to rule my day. But when I'm when I'm really focused, my email is closed. I'll check it in the morning, respond to a bunch, check it in the evening, respond to a bunch, and then I'm done. Um, because of the the fight or flight um hit that I get from email especially Mm -hmm. when I'm trying to do something um, complicated. I'm trying to do something that's time consuming. If I have email open and I even, I have alerts turned off. Like I've got notifications turned off. I've got the, Mm -hmm. do not believe it or not. Do not disturb is on for me from nine to six every day. Mm. You know, most people do not disturb comes on at 7 PM, 8 PM. No, for me, do not disturb comes on at 9 AM. So this way, like I don't get all the notifications in the upper right as Slack messages come in, as emails come in. Um, And then I take it a step further and I don't have the little notification icon that I've got three unread emails. Oh, that drives me
1: batshit crazy seeing those. (laughs) I have have that turned off
0: and then I even just have email closed. Um, Because like there'll be times, like going back to what I was saying, like something complex or just something, I need to buckle down and get this done. An email will come in and one of two things happens. The fight, which is, oh, I know how we solve that. We go win, we do this, you know, we we could do this. I mean, and it completely takes me off. Mm-hmm. Or the flight, which is like, Christ, I don't have time to deal with this right now. Why? Why are you emailing me? This is not important, like it's it's one of those two things, and either thing completely sets me off. Mm-hmm. Because with the fight mode, with the very first example I gave, is is part of that is the fear is is I want to tackle it now because I've started to think about it. I don't want to put it aside because am I going to remember the idea I had? Yeah. Like you, you go down this whole path and then, yeah, you're right. 30 minutes goes by.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and then we wonder why we can't do hard things. And I'm looking at myself, you know, you and I had this conversation yesterday. I'm like, I am so frustrated. There's so many things that I want to do. You know, I I want to up our podcast or our content strategy game. And you and I have collaborated on a lot. Of, we, I want to get this uh, newsletter reboot going. I want to, you know, work on our branding. I want to do so many things. I was like, I can't get to it. And I can't get to it because those are really incredibly hard things to do. And either a, I know it's hard and I'm going to get disrupted. And so I'm not even going to start it. I'm like, eh, it's not worth starting it. Or, B, I do start it, and to your point, an email comes in, and even and, and it does. I don't even have to open the email; just glancing at the summary is enough to completely set me off and lose. And I've lost it. I've lost that flow. I'm like, yeah, screw it. I'll try this again another day. And it's it's incredibly frustrating because sure, there are things in the moment that need to get done, and and if it's a true emergency. I, I feel like I'm capable of stepping in and helping solve some very complex things in the moment, but to do the very difficult, hard, big things that I want to accomplish, it it's going to take focused mental energy. And with those constant one minute, two minute interruptions, that's all it takes to throw it off. And it just isn't going to get done that yeah. the, the price of that context, switch of just a moment is incredibly high.
0: And because we've been conditioned that we need to have Slack open, yeah. that we need to have email open, that we need to have our cell phones with us at all times, that people, you know, people are, you know th- there's like this revulsion from some people like, what do you mean you have your email closed? What do you mean you're not checking your email all all day? You know, what? what do you mean, you know, you may go a day without checking email? What if an emergency comes up? I'll tell you this: If I think back over the last two months, I think there have been maybe two critical things. And by and critical, were, and were they
1: really that critical?
0: Yes. Yeah. Two out of sixty days. Yeah. Two maybe two things have come in, and because I say that because when there is something extremely urgent, and I, I've said this multiple times before, I'm going to repeat it again. <laughs> And people feel free to, to, to use this. It was a good, maybe 10 years ago. I came up with this because I had people constantly coming over to my desk and I had this one project manager who would email and then, you know, send an instant message. I, I sent you this email. I mean, literally within three minutes, the email would come in and the instant message, I sent you this email. Can you look at it? And then if you didn't respond within 10 minutes to the instant message, the phone would ring. And then if you didn't answer the phone. He was walking around the corner to, to your desk. And I wasn't the only one that did this to him or mm-hmm. he did this too. Um, and there was one day, like I'm in the middle of something that is really, really important. And the email came in, then the instant message, then the phone call, and then he was walking. And I, cause I had somebody at my desk where we, we were working through a truly urgent problem <laughs> and I'll get back to this. I'm giving a very, very long. Well, I'm minute. taking a note. Cause
1: I have a keep going.
0: Okay. Yeah. I stood up and I said, stop. I said, I saw it. I saw your email. I saw your message. I saw your phone call. I'll respond when I'm done with this. And it was shortly after that, I developed my rules for urgency. And part of this is tongue in cheek, but part of this was to set expectation. Uh, Based on the company I worked at, I said, something is, because everything was always urgent, urgent with him, a couple of the other account managers. I have this urgent thing I need you to tackle. And 95% of the times it wasn't urgent at all and it was distracting me from other work that had a deadline, had had a timeline. You know? um, so what I did was I came up with these rules where I'm like, if something is truly urgent, um, it needs to meet this. It, it has to be that something went out to production on a client site that is impacting the customer experience and preventing them from making money. Yeah. Now, we broke the cart. We broke the product page, whatever. That's urgent. That needs to be fixed. Um, client has threatened to walk away from the business today. You know, I, So how many times does that actually ever happen? Very rarely, but again, rare, client rare. says, if we don't get this answer today because you guys have been screwing around with a bunch of other stuff, we're walking away. All right, that's urgent. The building is literally burning down and I need to get out to save my life. That's urgent. Everything else may be important. It'll be addressed in due time, but don't, if it doesn't meet that criteria, it's not urgent because that is the only way I was able to to build up a wall. So if we fast forward to today, when people say like, yeah, what do you mean? You, you, you have your email closed. What do you mean? You don't immediately respond to Slack messages because I build up rapport with the people I work with within the company, as well as our main stakeholders, that if something is truly urgent. And it it meets a criteria that we broke the site that, um, like, you know, relationship is, is at stake again, which that never happens, but just for, for context, if that is the case, here is how you get a hold of me. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I'll answer the email in due time. I'll respond back. I'll say, got it. You know, we'll look into it, whatever, but they know. That that my email isn't open. And when you word it like that, you know, you get a little more acceptance. But yeah, I think we've been so conditioned that we need to be available at all times. And if we p- try to put up some kind of barrier so we can really get the important stuff done, uh, the stuff that takes time to do, that we're slacking off.
1: Yeah. So I have three things that, that I was thinking about as you were talking. Uh, one is completely unrelated. or Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, and if there's anybody from Argentina listening to our podcast, I apologize. Um, I, I started drinking this, mate. It's probably the most disgusting uh, drink I've ever had in my life.
0: It's not good
1: it's just not good. Uh, I, and, and I know people in Argentina uh, are very proud of it and love it. It's just, it's not good, but the mental acuity this, this drives without the uh, jitters of coffee is amazing. So take that for what it is. Um, I'm quite enjoying that aspect of it. Okay. So two things related to this. Um, number one is, and I'm interested in, in your thoughts, how much of this is a mental mindset that it's, it's enjoyable or back to my question, what we're getting something out of being in firefighter mode all the time versus how much of it is that we simply lack the intelligence or experience or maturity to properly evaluate things and put them in a proper conversation. So let me let me give you an example that I see all the time. Uh, something something is broken. We instantly go to whatever the most visible is, and we see this a lot in our line of work. We see it with tag managers. Something's broken on the site. Well, it's deployed through Adobe Launch. Oh, Adobe Launch, something's broken in Adobe Launch. We, we All hands on deck, we gotta fix this, this is critical. Come to find out um, a it wasn't in Adobe launch maybe it was a, an issue with how you configured on the back end a, a tool that was deployed through Adobe launch or two it wasn't an issue at all it was a training issue or someone you know didn't you know misinterpreted the situation or something else that it was not even a technology issue at all but our our first our first instinct is, jumping to what is right in front of our face and it's an emergency and it's broken. We got to get in there. You know, I don't know. I've lost track how many times I've jumped in and looked at code and helped diagnose a problem only to come back and say there is zero things wrong with this code. There's a problem with how this person uh, evaluated this situation, how they reacted to it, what their perceived experience was. There's actually not a problem here at all. And so because of how we address it, we instantly go into this firefighter mentality rather than taking a step back and saying, okay, let's slow down. Let's make sure we fundamentally understand the problem and what we're seeing. And then let's make a plan of diagnosing what is happening. We don't take that approach. We take this emergency room approach of this person's bleeding out. We got to start doing something right now. And, and, and I think that's a huge part of the problem. I'm interested if you've seen something similar to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So going back to your original question, which is it? I think it's a mix of both. And this is not meant to be a cop-out answer. It's a mix of both. And it depends ultimately on the person because for, for some people, the emergency is addicting. Mm -hmm. It it is that because part of the thing with the emergency, it's, it's not just like the, the satisfaction of fixing the emergency. It's the addiction of the accolades so-and-so jumped in after hours and, and, and got it done right there. There's, there, there's a level of addiction there. And I, I I go back to, you know, people saying, well, what do you mean? I'm addicted to stress. I'm addicted to stressful situations. People are addicted to outrage. Mm-hmm. Look at today's culture. There is always social media is always putting stuff out there for us to be angry about. And that's a whole other topic. I'm not going to go down, but th- I think that that's a moneymaker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so there is an addiction with being outraged over stuff and there's an addiction to, to the adrenaline rush that comes from that. Mm -hmm. But then two, yeah, I think that our, especially in our space, the technology has been so overly simplified that if there's a problem, Oh, Adobe Launch is involved. It's, it's gotta be something with Adobe launch and you know, you did it. So so figure it out. So, um, People, the the technology has been so overly simplified that the diagnosing of the issue has become so overly simplified. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So when you look at those two things combined, that's where you get this perfect storm of a situation where people are constantly fighting fires.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and to kind of take that out one more degree in, in our line of work in MarTech, there's often this complaint of, well, why aren't the MarTech teams more advanced? Why aren't we doing you know more and more important things? We don't have time because we're, we're putting our MarTech teams in these situations every day needlessly. So if the person that saw this problem was capable of at least... Thinking about it a little bit more deeply before panicking and lobbing in a request to the Martech team, then we we free them up to do more sophisticated and advanced things. But we're not again to your point. Like something happens, oh, it's something's a problem with the Martech stack. So you're you're pulling these people in to then diagnose the problem, which they're very smart and capable of doing. But many many times, the problem they end up diagnosing has nothing to do with what their line of work is. It's something completely different that other people in the business are more than capable of diagnosing, but they don't. Whether it's laziness or lack of skills, they instantly just throw it over to someone else, and say it's your it's your problem, Martech mm-hmm.
0: implementer. Well, and, and here's the thing, sometimes it's deserved because since we oversimplify stuff, the implementation is oversimplified. Just just put this pixel on the site. Just put this pixel on the yeah. site. No one actually thinks through the implementation. So chances are there are it, there've been so many times before where it was a half-assed implementation that did break. That's so fair. now people are like and, and it's not to diminish what you're saying. I think again it's it's one more thing to add on to this because we're rushing through everything. We are quickly we, you know, we're, we're trying to quickly tick things off a list that yeah, like you know, people are like, yeah, this thing is broken five times before. Chances are it's this, so it's yours. The quick rush over, and it turns out no, they 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 deployed a new page template, and a couple of things weren't included, so stuff just isn't working. You deployed a new page template, didn't involve us, and the TMS header code is is not included, so there's nothing on the page.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's completely fair as well. Um, my my second point um, is. We're, we seem to be creating, we started off the conversation talking about my six-year-old, you know, having crocodile tears if the internet goes down for five minutes. (laughs) Um, are we creating via technology or just culturally, uh, generations of, of people that lack, um, the ability to have kind of breadth in the conversation to the point of like everything's an emergency. If, if we're not getting a response right now, you may, you may, and I think I was thinking about this as you were mentioning mentioning a colleague that would send an email and then follow up and then walk over to your desk if you hadn't responded within a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating by the way, I, I, I don't think you are. And, and I, I see this with my kids um, specifically my daughter who will send me a text and if I don't respond to her within like three minutes, she will respond to her text with a question mark emoji on her on her text saying, "Did you see this? What's going on?" Oh, yeah, I'm like, what's I'm like, it was three. It's only been three minutes. Like, give me a chance to. But you so there's something happening where we're where we're building in this expectation of always on with instant responses. And, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's pure technology, if there's something more societal, a play or a combination, but I, I, I see it getting worse before it getting better that we're, we're constantly in this always on, always having to respond right now state. And if we look back to, to how we started this conversation around doing difficult things, how are we ever going to do something where we have to and I'm not talking about great periods of time, like 20 minutes, put away our technology and focus on one project. Can, are we capable of doing that anymore?
0: No. Well, <laughs> I, it, well that, 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 that's my gut answer. Yeah. It's it's going to take a lot of hard work for some people. Um, I, I told you back in the fall, I was debating going back to a flip phone. Yeah. Um, because... Like, and, uh, Oh, I left it upstairs. This is great. Um, it's not here with me. Um, because I was, I was tired of being always, always on. And I, right now I, I am dealing with, with a client and, 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 and I've worked to address it where there was one project manager, I would get an email. And if I didn't get, if I didn't respond to the email within 10 to 12 hours, there would be a message for me in the public Slack channel for everyone to see, hey, I sent you this email. Can you look at it? Um, And (laughs) I kind of had to address that like, listen, if a day and a half, two days goes by and I don't respond, chances are maybe I missed it. Yeah. But dear God, give me more than 12 hours. Give me a few minutes here, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like we've been, and, and I've been thinking back to the mid nineties when a couple of us had cell phones. I know a couple friends of mine had them. I didn't, but like, it was like explicit, like this is for emergencies only, you know, you're, you're carrying this for emergencies only. You're not using it for anything else. Like that is exactly what it's for. Don't give your friends the number. Mm-hmm. And like I, their, the, their parents would look at the cell phone bill and look at the number of minutes because that was the one, that was the time when like you had so many minutes a month. And if you went over, like you got charged at the ass mm-hmm. for it. Um, and I think back to those days. And honestly, I'm thinking back to those days fondly right now. Yeah. Now, you know, thinking back to, you know, it, it, I, you know, sometimes it shocks me when I say it 25 years ago before cell phones were ubiquitous, before the internet was ubiquitous, Um, going back to like what you were saying earlier about Mm -hmm. Um, dial-up, not being always on because, and I'm going to get very philosophical here for a second. Um, I think being always on covers uh you know is over it provides mm-hmm. a constant distraction for what could be very scary things because think about it you know like before if say you you, you know your, your wife took the kids for a couple of hours on say a friday evening hey you know I'm, I'm taking the kids here and you were home and you didn't have the internet or you had just a dial-up connection you didn't have a cell phone you could sit there with the tv on yeah. but you know maybe you'd sit there with a book and sitting there with the book, sometimes, you know, when you're there, you become alone with your thoughts, mm-hmm. and that can be scary, right? Um, and I've actually had this conversations with with a couple people, and I'm like, this constant, always on, prevents us from being having that quiet time with our thoughts at times, and yeah. that, that that's necessary. That's where you get self reflection. That's when you 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 really start to see, like, you know, again, get really deep. What are my principles? What do I stand for? Blah 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 blah. All of those those things. Yeah. And those, those deep, deep conversations you would have with yourself, that time for reflection has has been replaced with just a steady stream yeah. of distractions. So yeah. then you tie that to work. It is very hard at this point to turn off email. You know, again, because there are people, and I bet you there are people listening here that have a boss that's like, if I send you an email, I better get a response. Mm-hmm. You know, if I send you a Slack message, I send you a text message, you better respond yeah. because if you don't respond right away, I'm going to start wondering what you're doing, especially during company hours. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting way, way off topic. No, um, but, but,
1: it, it, but, but, but you're right. Um, and it, it all comes back to like this concept of, of context switching is that yeah. we're, we're in this, we're in this time where it's not only, common it's not only technology enabled it's expected that we're able to just process all this information going by us a million miles an hour from multiple sources and it's just it's just not how we were were, were built um and and to your your point on the the phone uh, there needs to be a, there is a cost but we're unable to see it um as easy as we were before you know kind of going back to the 80s again i remember that we had a brick phone that my mom had as part of her job as a school teacher um and i remember that i i think that there was 30 minutes a month on that phone that you could use and and so the cost of you making a phone call was Man, do I want to take like two or three minutes? Is this phone call important enough to burn thirty, you know, three minutes of the thirty minutes we have for the entire month? So you had to evaluate that cost. But now everything, the cost is more to our mental health and our well being and our ability to do projects, and we don't think about that because there's not a cost of me just picking up a phone and having stuff streaming in the background. It's like I eh, pay one price, unlimited data, just stuff comes in, unlimited whatever text messages, unlimited, unlimited. There's no cost to me,
0: you know. Mm-hmm you know there's just this constant stream of, of conversation going on but you made me think of something you know for the longest time and you still even see it now when you know it, you know when, when when people are being recruited what what's one of the one skills they want to look for how good are you at multitasking mm-hmm. we've it's been it's been built into us that yeah you should be thinking and working through two and three things at one time yeah. which 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 anybody that has has lived that for a while tells you like You really can't, you can't multitask because you're, you're either going to get three things done really shitty that they're going to have to be redone to a certain degree, or you can get one thing done really, really well.
1: (laughs) We can, we can lie to ourselves to say we can, but we we have to be focused. Um, And it it reminds me of, I talked to a few people where they said, well, how can I be better in the kitchen, a better cook? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, let me come hang out with you and watch what you do. Um, Do you know, do you want to know what they're doing?
0: They've got the TV on, they're bouncing around, um, talking to people yep. and not focused on what they're doing. I said,
1: I'm like, dude, if you want to be a better chef, it's as easy as blocking all of that out. When you cook, you have to cook. You can't put something on the stove and then say, okay, I have five minutes to go and put this bill in the mail or check my email. Or, you know, you can work on all the techniques in the world and, and, and refine that. But if you're not focused on your job and you're trying to multitask while you're cooking, you're never going to be an amazing chef. And it's true for everything. We can convince ourselves that it's not, but it is. You know, We can convince ourselves we can do two or three other things while we're doing this one project. But the reality is, is it's just like cooking. Sure, you're going to end up cooking something that's probably going to be okay to eat. It'll be decent. You know, Maybe a few times you'll burn it and it'll be horrible, but it's never going to be amazing. It just isn't.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, as we wrap up, I want to leave with the, this analogy, kind of bringing it all full circle back to the how we started this conversation around context switching with an analogy I do think of at times. So we've all done it. We've all gone on a road trip. And sometimes, like, where we have to get to, like, we have kind of an open-ended thing. You know, as long as we get there by this day, if we get there by noon, we get there by 3, it's okay, Right. That, you know, as long as we get there before five, we're fine. There's other times when we're leaving on a road trip, it's like, shit, we have to be here by this time, by this day. We need to make sure we're making good time throughout the trip. Well, you know, if you really think about it along that road trip, every time you make a stop, it's not just the 10 minutes that you're you're in the convenience store or the 15 minutes filling up the gas. It could be 30 minutes that you actually lose. Again, the slowing down. So slowing, you know, losing the momentum of actually the 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 direction that you're supposed to be going to get off the highway, per se. Say you're driving on a highway. But the, 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 the slowing, like, this is how, like, specific you can get to. The slowing down to get off. The, the The time finding a parking spot. Maybe your stop is not right off the highway, but maybe it's a half mile down the road. So you're kind of going out of your way a bit. All of those little things start to add up. So it's like, man, like that, 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 you know, that stop was a lot longer than, than we thought you realize a couple hours down the road. It's like, shit, we should have been past here by now, 45 minutes ago. It's all of those little things start to add up.
1: A- a- absolutely. Um, and I think there's two ways to look at it. One, um, you can look at it as, um, an unforeseen or unnecessary stop that's going to pull you out of your way that you don't realize you're losing all this time. Um, You can also look at it as, well, at some point in time, we actually do need to get gas. Otherwise we're going to run out and not going to make it to our destination. So wouldn't it be better rather than compressing everything and making that a inconvenience, wouldn't it be better to take a step back and say, okay, let's, let's not rush this. Let's plan. Let's think through what it's going to take to actually do this in a meaningful way. And let's build that into our schedule and let's build in time for unexpected things to come up. Well, if we're capable of doing that, then even emergencies are more manageable. It's where we put ourselves in these, whether perceived or not, time pressures where things get incredibly difficult, right? So On the vacation thing or on the road trip thing, if we don't really have to be there, but we've put a mental construct that we have to be there at a certain time, then everything gets ratcheted up on a stress level. And even a minor inconvenience sets us way, way back. If if we really do need to be there at a certain time, Then it seems like it's much more important for us to take the time to properly plan and think through so we don't put ourselves in these positions unnecessarily and i think there's huge parallels to the business world in that we we don't plan we don't put proper time into planning we we compress everything and we have very real deadlines that we don't give ourselves the proper time to address in the right way or we give ourselves arbitrary deadlines and get ourselves all stressed out for no other reason than we set this arbitrary deadline that this had to be done at this day at this time. Well, no one said it. We just felt that it needed to be done. And so there we, therefore, we need to like go
0: into crazy mode to make it happen. Very well said. Cool. Cool. And the internet held out for us.
1: Amazing. Something... <laughs> something was working so yeah i was i was stressing out that it would drop but we went a full hour without dropping so
0: we we got it in we made it happen cool all right cool so we'll go ahead and wrap up from there and catch everybody later all right see you see ya